Welcome to Navigating Widowhood, when happily ever after turns into now what? I'm your host, Julie Martella. Whether you're just starting on this journey or you've been here for a while, I'm here to provide you with support, guidance, and a little dose of humor. So, are you ready to get started? Let's go. Hey there, my fellow navigators and widowed friends. I am glad that you are here today for episode 10, Dismantling the Shrine, Saying Goodbye to Your Loved One's Things. Now, housekeeping, real quick. When I started this podcast, this podcast was cooking in my head for a long time, but I knew that you know, at the end of the day, there's probably going to be hundreds of podcast episodes. And I wanted the first 10 episodes to be the foundational ones so that that if somebody died and you wanted to steer them towards a resource, you could tell them, just listen to the first 10. And that would give them the things that I felt were most important that they needed to know and that you and I need to know whether it's we need to remember or we actually need to know. So anyway, I think it's fitting that number 10 is about organizing. And and while an outsider might say, what in the world does organizing have to be with the dead person? Those of us who are living with the uh, collateral damage of our dead person can tell each other and can say, organizing is a huge issue. And so we're going to talk about it today. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Let's do it. Question number one, and maybe just number one. (laughs) Have you ever caught yourself staring into space, into a space, I'm sorry, that was intimately inhabited by your loved one and wondering what in the world am I going to do? Or where do I even begin? Right? Maybe it's the man cave. Maybe it's the sewing room, the barn, the garage. Maybe it's a shop. Maybe it's an extensive closet collection or a beautiful shoe collection or, or tchotchkes in the living room. Or maybe it's the entire house that you shared as a couple. Either way, dismantling the shrine that was your loved one's special space is the top reason that widowed persons seek an organizer. So do any of these thoughts, question number two, do any of these thoughts ring true for you? If I leave it, he or she might come back. Or I can't touch anything if I leave it exactly as it was when they died, then it's like they're still here. Or if I organize it or declutter it, I'm acknowledging they're never coming back. Have you ever heard that one? Or this one? Well, it was his or it was hers. And the last one, this one's a really hard one. If I move it or remove it, 
then I'm erasing them. How do you feel when you think these thoughts? When I think about these thoughts, I have anxiety and sadness. But here's the deal. All of those thoughts are exactly that. They're just thoughts. In the spirit of efficiency, your beautiful primitive brain feeds you thoughts. Do you remember? We've talked about this. And it doesn't actually care if they are true or not. So if the story sounds good, then keep it. That's the first problem. (laughs) The story, while it may sound good, may not actually be the truth. The thoughts running through your mind like a broken record may not be true at all. But your brain has decided to just keep it as the truth because, you know, that'll make you stay safe in the cave where you can be alive. And that's the primitive brain's job. And what can actually happen is you could end up taking the action of inaction and saying, I'm not going to do anything. Right? Not doing anything is also an action. So the thoughts that you have, whether negative or positive, create feelings. And when you have these negative feelings, primitive brain thoughts, these scary, they create these feelings that keep you stuck. And those feelings might be things like um, sadness, anxiety, despair, fear, depression, panic, right? All of those feelings serve to keep you stuck. And what does stuck mean, my friends? Stuck means that you're not moving forward. You're not marching on. You're not integrating the grief process. You're not working your way through this horrible process that actually has an ending and a new beginning because you're staying stuck. Consider those thoughts I told you. Do they, do you think they're actually true or do they just feel true? Right? Is your person actually going to return? Are they? Can you actually erase your person? Was this, was the stuff really his or hers? Well, now that one may be a yes, but we have to add a qualifier to it. And the qualifier is it was his or hers when they were alive. Sweet friends, the death of our loved one means that their power over their possessions has ended. Did you hear that? The death of our person means that their power over their possessions has ended. Decluttering, organizing, downsizing, moving, even moving. Yes. That will never erase them from your heart and mind. They will always be there. And what happens is, so this is what happens. The physical objects, they become weighted and emotionally weighted because we consider them touchstones. 
And a touchstone is, um, a touchstone is like when you touch something, like in the movies, they, they touch the stone and they go somewhere. Well, a touchstone object is the same thing. When you touch the object, you immediately go to the memory. And that's why it becomes so difficult. You live in the fear that removing the object will remove them. But remember, that is a thought error. It will not happen. They will not, they will not be erased. You will not have instant amnesia. You will not lose your memories or the love that you had for your person if you get rid of their things. A large part of moving forward is actually learning to let some of the things go. And in the process, making peace with the fact that your loved one will not be coming back. That's part of the long goodbye. And it's a process of active grief. And it's a part, active grief is a period of time that you need to move through. And you have to learn to say goodbye. Active grief means you have to say goodbye to a lot of things. And there's a lot of things that you don't want to say goodbye to. But saying goodbye, you have to say goodbye in order to get to the new hello. And saying goodbye to the physical things is part of the goodbye process. So the long goodbye is not the end. The point of grief is not just to say goodbye to everything and be like, all right, I said goodbye, I'm done. It's actually a step that you need to take in order to find your new hello or your new beginning. So what is a new hello? Well, it's the next chapter that's waiting for you at the end of this process. Did you guys know that? There is a future self waiting for you, cheering you on. And there's a future self that It wants to welcome you. And as you let go of the past and as you let go of the possessions, you are actually making space to welcome you into your new future. And it doesn't have to be a scary process. Does that make sense? Listen to that again one more time. There is a future version of you waiting for you at the end of this process. And the future version of you has hope and meaning and purpose. And while it is not the same person that that you were when your loved one was around, it is a person who still has a purpose and who still has meaning and it can still have a fulfilled life. And so I want to help you get there. And part of getting there is dismantling the shrine. So how do you let the things go? I have some tips for you today. Take your time. If you have the luxury of time, I know that some of my clients, they're on a deadline. Like they have to get out of their house. Some of them, they're rental houses. They got to get out. Okay, they don't have time. We have to do the process. But if you have the luxury of time, then take your time. It's important to understand that everyone grieves differently and at their own pace. 
If you have the luxury of time, take it. And don't rush through the process. Take, uh, go through a little bit at a time. All right? Second, it's okay to take a break if you feel overwhelmed. If you get into the process of decluttering and you're like, wow, this is a lot. You get to check. You get to time out. You get to take the break. The trick is <laughs> you got to come back. You can't take a break and go watch Netflix for the next eight hours. You want to come back. Find a pleasurable activity that you enjoy and reward yourself. And then once you do that, so maybe you get a watch, maybe you say, all right, whew, I'm going to do this for 30 minutes and then I'm going to go play with the dog for 10 minutes. We're going to go throw the Frisbee and then you're going to come back. That's how you take your little breaks. All right, the third thing I would encourage you to do is start with baby steps, such as um, sorting through belongings or clearing out an area one space at a time. So here's the thing. If you say, I'm going to clean out the bedroom, that's a big area. That is going to overwhelm you. If you say, I'm going to clean out the closet, okay? That's, while that's gotten narrowed down, that's still a big area. What you might want to do is you might want to say, I'm going to clean out the shoe section of the closet. Do you hear how that's different from, I'm going to clean out the bedroom? You're not going to get through the bedroom. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's going to be hard to get through the bedroom, but you can get through the shoes or you can get through one of the drawers or two of the drawers in the de- in the dresser. Take your baby steps and work one space at a time. Um, Judith Kohlberg is an organizer, very, very popular organizer. And she, she's written books and um, spoken, done a lot of work. She used to say that she would take a, uh, you can take like a toilet paper roll or a paper towel roll and you put it up to your eye like a pirate spyglass, right? And what I want you to do is you can visually put that up to your eye, look at a space in a room. If the room is overwhelming you, look at one space through the toilet paper roll and notice only what's in that space. And then you tell yourself, that is the space I'm going to clean up. That is the space I'm going to organize. That space may be half of a bedside table. It may be um, part of a bookshelf. It may be one section of the closet. But see, we're taking baby steps. We're narrowing the focus down. All right. Um, Oh, when you are going through the objects, I want you to focus on the positive memories of your loved one while you are going through the process of dismantling the shrine. Doing this can help you feel connected to your loved one and it eases the pain of the process. You associate, you remember the positive memory and it makes it easier to get through. Remember, there can be joy in remembering and laughing about that silly shirt that your partner bought and he had to wear it to um, a special party and he looked like Jimmy Buffett right? That could be a funny memory that brings you joy. And guess what? That joy is available to you anytime you want to access it. All right. 
Next tip, seek support from family and friends during your process. Oh my gosh, if you can assemble a squad, do it. (laughs) Okay, here's who's on your squad. You want to have an organizer, like someone who can say, this goes here, this goes here. You want a tech person. That would be a great person to have on your squad. The tech person is the person that you're like, you know, I don't want this anymore, but I think we could sell it on eBay or Craigslist or Marketplace or Facebook or wherever. The tech person takes the picture and makes the listing and keeps track of what's going on, okay? you Oh, and you always want, gotta love a good team mom, right? The team mom, that's the person who's gonna make sure you have a snack, you get your water, if you need a hug, maybe you need tissue, that's your team mom, And those are excellent people to have on your team. Now, there's also people you do not want on your team. And if these people show up, you want the team mom to take care of them. So those people would be like the gossip. The person who just shows up to talk, but really they're just getting the tea so they can go tell other people what's going on. You do not need these people in your life. Oh, and the other one would be like the mourner. So the mourner is going to show up and they're going to be so upset at what you're doing and they might cry and they're going to be so sad and tell you why you shouldn't be doing it. Is that helpful at all? No. Once again, you get your team mom to say, oh, thank you so much for coming and shoo them out the door. So if it's available to you, get friends and family to help you during the process. If you do not have that available to you, you can still do the hard things. You just need to be aware of what needs to be done and you'll need to be organized. All right, next item, make meaning. Find meaningful ways to donate your items. So you may consider things like your loved one's favorite charity. You may want to give things to family and friends. You may have something that might be of tremendous meaning to a new person, right? A new person has the ability to breathe new life into old possessions. Isn't that beautiful? So something that is neglected and just put away and put to the side, it gets a new life when you give it to a new person. I love that. All right. Consider the sentimental value of an item before you decide what to do with it. Some items may hold a lot of sentimental value. So take the time to consider whether you or someone else in the family would want to keep it. Remember, the things that you decide to keep aren't necessarily the monetary valuable things. It's the sentimental value of the things. So you just want to keep that in the back of your mind. All right, next item. Oh, I love this one. Matt Paxton, he's my guy. He creates the legacy list. And the legacy list is a list of special items that you would like to keep that would effectively communicate the essence of your loved one to the next generation. These items are personal to you and only you. And they have tremendous value because of the story they tell not the monetary value. Complete your project in layers. That's the next one. You do not have to do a clean sweep of your house the first time unless you're in the downsizing or eviction situation. 
If you're cleaning out clothes, you might find it easy. Like first I'm going to get rid of the socks and the underwear. That's easy, right? No brainer. Then I'm going to move to something else that's a little bit harder. Then I'm going to move to the party dresses. You do it and then I may stop for a while and I only got rid of half of them. That's a layered approach and it's perfectly appropriate. Next thing, create a photo album of your favorite items. If there is something that you just need to get rid of but you like, take a picture. I'm I'm telling you, you can take a bunch of pictures, you send them to one of the online photo services, they will create an album out of your pictures and then bam, you literally have a book of memories that you can open at any time and look at them and you will remember. They will serve as a touchstone. All right, last thing. If you are having a hard time functioning and you cannot get this done and you cannot get rid of your loved one's belongings at all, even though you want to, consider seeking professional help. You may want the professional help of a, um, an organizer. You may need a therapist. You may need a coach. You need someone who can provide you with guidance and support. All right? So there's a lot of things to the process of dismantling the shrine. But when you're done and the space is complete, you can tell yourself some new thoughts. And these new thoughts would be things like, you know what? They did exist and I kept the best parts of them. You could tell yourself, I did not erase them. I did not have to make him or her disappear. I am not deleting them, right? And lastly, I am discovering the very best of the things that made my person so special. Now, how do those new thoughts feel? When you consider those new thoughts, do you notice how your brain feels? It should feel calmer. It should feel happy. It should feel accomplished. You were able to get the hard work done. Cleaning out or dismantling the shrine, it allows you to reserve preserve the best of what your loved one was. By removing the rest of the clutter, it leaves you with a curated collection that you can bring with you as you move into your new hello. So it's a chapter in which your future self faces your brave new world. And remember, you got to take the best of your person with you and you get to bring them into all of the new spaces. They don't actually have to disappear. All right, my friends, remember, you can do this, and I'm here to help. Thank you for turning in to Navigating Widowhood. I hope this podcast has provided you with valuable insights and support as you navigate the challenges of Life 2.0. Please note that the information provided in this podcast is for educational purposes only and should not replace the medical advice from a qualified professional. If you've enjoyed this podcast, 
please leave me a review on your favorite platform because it helps others find us. And as always, thanks for listening.